You're listening to the Counting Lights Podcast with Chris Dimity and Dan Danzy. Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling lock up. And we're back. Bam. Another, another episode of the Counting Lights Podcast. Welcome back. What's going on, Dan? Oh, nothing, man. Nothing. Just uh, another day, another dollar. Well, here we go, man. We've All right, we've couple... got we got to, we got a returning guest. Miles we have a full Francis. studio in here. I'm what gonna let that? you. I'm gonna let you introduce our second guest. You know well, more about let's him. Let's go ahead. And why don't you Why don't you go ahead and set your side of the room, and I'll set my side. Of the room. Okay, returning to the show, we have Miles Francis, host of the Simpsons podcast, Best Darn Diddly, also stand up comic, and you can find him on Twitter at Mister Most Days Off. Now your turn, Chris. All right, and uh, my guest, I'm. Uh, Really excited to have him here. Very good friend of mine, uh, and uh, my booker for the November fourteenth mm. Oak Highlands Brewery show, and we we will be revealing the entire card on this episode oh, of the yes. Lights podcast. Fuck so, yes, special episode. Um, Nigel has been unbelievably uh, uh, helpful, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Nigel Rabbit. Hello. Dan, his side of the table is cooler than your side of the table. Well, I mean, ours started the applause. <laughs> well, so that's, that goes go. without saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm, I kind of feel awkward. I was the we're the only cool one. side of the table. I'm, I'm I was clapping. the only one clapping. <laughs> and, and, and the fun part about it is, is we're the cool side of the table, and one of us is wearing Star Wars nerd clothing, while the other side of the table has got nothing but Mark gear. <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh, thank God I got another fucking worker in the room. Oh, I see what this is now. This was a fucking setup, is what no, this was. No. You knew he was. Oh, he wears wrestling no, T-shirts no, every no, fucking week. I did not say anything. I swear. I to didn't God. say a thing to me. I literally asked Nigel to come in last minute. I was. I was actually. I was at lunch with my uh, my parents. I'd taken them mm. to Cotton Patch because Mum said she wanted to do uh, chicken fried steak, yeah. and I went. You know, uh, they do chicken fried steak. I'd like. Uh, I'd like some. Catfish and they do chicken fried bacon. So you know, um, God damn the English. Yeah. <laughs> right. I had a friend of mine post uh, reply to something I said on social media with like, yeah, I like the English know anything about good food. I went, that's fair. You got a point. Sweets, beer, tea. I've got your beat. So <laughs> Nigel has been working his ass off on. Uh, it's not much of one. <laughs> just to say. I think you're in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> So let's 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 maybe let's, let's just get, get to it. Let's get to the meat. Let's just meat, reveal meat, meat the potatoes. card. So right. okay, so November fourteenth at Oak Highlands Brewery yes. here in Dallas, uh, you can buy tickets online. This is going to be an incredible show. Uh, it is uh, a socially distant show. We are doing this uh, there in the parking lot of yes. Oak Highlands Brewery, so everyone can feel comfortable and come out with your family and be safe and uh, work through this pandemic together and mm-hmm. have some entertainment enjoy some wrestling we have we have actual tables everybody can you're gonna you could purchase a table and your family can sit at that table and will nobody else will be, also around. be six feet apart from each other at all times they will not they will, <laughs> no, no, we're like, gonna you, take everybody's temperature and make sure everyone's COVID free mm-hmm. and then after every match we're going to sanitize the ring and make sure everything's good and safe. I know you like that, Dan. I mean, I was, I was someone with asthma. Yeah, I would yeah. Love, yeah. So love Dan's it. really careful about this. Absolutely. Because well, no, yeah. I have a child's disease. That's what I have. <laughs> he is about the size of a small child. I'm so, glad you said it. who am I facing, Nigel? Who am I facing? Uh, well, I mean, first, I do want to... Aren't we also doing uh, uh, tailgating? 
Oh, there yeah. are special yes. tailgates. So actually, seats. you can buy a table. There are individual mm-hmm. seats. You can buy a, a general admission seat if you're by yourself or you don't want to purchase a table, but and everybody can sit socially distant from everybody else. But we are actually selling parking lot spaces. If you want to have the whole family come out and tailgate in your spot, nobody else will be around you in that spot. If you're you, if you're uncomfortable being around in crowds and, and uh, you don't want to wear a mask, we, you can actually purchase a parking lot spot. And sit on top of your Hyundai Elantra. No, bring your chairs, oh, tailgate, yeah, yeah. have a good you time, you know, and, and there'll be plenty of space. So everybody can be comfortable. It's going to be an incredible show at Oconsbury on November 14th. Dan doesn't do much tailgate. No, <laughs> no, no, no. When you quit drinking, it's just like we're just standing so, next so to a Dan, car. Yeah, comfortably. <laughs> we're just, what are we Dan, doing? A, a tailgate is that little thing that you open on the back of a I know what, a, oh, yeah, oh, I know okay, cars. Sorry. I mean, just wanted to make sure. Because you thought, you know, Elantra. And I thought, <laughs> that's not tailgate. Yeah, it's my wife's car. That's what <laughs> my, my Geo has a perfectly good tailgate. Okay. So, see, see, there we go. Yes. So, the bo- so the boys know what tailgate means. Yes, so. yeah, now, now we're, I feel safer. But get online. Uh, they'll, I'll be, we'll be, uh, check, check me out on social media, Chris Germany. Uh, uh, they're on Facebook. You can check out Nigel. We're going to be passing around the card. We've got an incredible card uh, for this yeah. show, and we've been working on it. Who co-op. am I facing? All right, you want to start from the top or down? <laughs> oh, no, or they just ignore it. They're like, we, no, we, you're we're not getting to start our bottom up. I mean, the, that's, right, that's the best way to do it. Here we go, the it. curtain jerkers. Uh, now, uh, opening our show, we are going to have uh, Brad Sanders, who, who you have dubbed bad Brad Sanders. And we, when we, when I sent the card to Brad, Brad says, so I'm changing I'm changing my, my name. Gimmick, yeah. this is my gimmick. All right. So uh, we have Mr. Bad Brad Sanders versus Ashton Jacobs. This is a very exciting match. Uh, Brad's a very ta- talented gentleman. He's had uh, a number out of, of... Amarillo, Texas. Uh, uh, out of Amarillo, Texas. Terry Funk territory. Uh, mm-hmm. He's had a lot of interest over the years with various companies. Uh, so that's really exciting. But uh, Mr. Jacobs is also very exciting uh, because Aston Jacobs is a, a, a student. If you guys recall, once upon a time, there was a, a company that was running rough shot in, in the Denton area called XCW. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashton is a student of the XCW Institute, and now he's running his own uh, charity-based charity based professional wrestling company called oh, Pride and Glory. That's he's awesome. also uh, got some uh, students of his own, very talented young man. They're been gonna training since he was, what, 11 years old? Something years like old, that. Yeah, no, he's, he's been training he's, since... He's a real student of the business. Okay. He's, uh, he's had shots, shots and... Uh, um, I know in Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. he's had shots in uh, some of the major territories across the United States and Northeast. At one time, moved to Florida and was doing the entire Northeast tour up the coast from Florida to the Carolinas to Virginia, all the way up into New York City. So okay. he's an incredible talent. Yeah, we're very excited. And do they, do they know the whole purpose of curtain jerking? The whole purpose of curtain jerking is you send in you send in what's going to set the tone. Now, uh, and some curtain jerkers, if they're very smart, they go, all right, uh, I'm going to put together a match that's going to have the crowd so excited, so hyped, so that everybody else in the entire car has got to go, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> got to follow so that. Be prepared for that opening match. I mean, it's, that's, what, that's the reason. This, uh, this, this actually, this match would be a main event in most of the 
Oh yeah, and mo uh, most of the yeah indie most of the indie territories here in in, yeah. uh, in Texas. Can I ask you two a question about curtain jerking real quick? Yeah. Uh, Doesn't I, have to do with that. <laughs> the uh, the Miz once uh, said that if he wasn't in the main event, he'd rather be the curtain jerker mm -hmm. than yeah. any other spot in the card. Yeah. Is that true? Absolutely, and, and a lot of guys, a lot of guys who, are, who who really understand the business understand that. Because, you know, some people joke because they, they want to do it because it means they get to leave first. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. Catch an early flight. Yeah, nine times out of ten. That's not, that's not the reason why. The reason why is because you get to set the tone. And that is just as important as closing the show. Uh, it, it's kind of like, um, I, forget, I forget who it was. I think it was Eddie Izzard was talking about. That's Eddie Izzard for yeah. Americans, yeah. <laughs> We gotta translate. Bob. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> he he was he was commenting on uh, watching Americans sing the national anthem, uh, and, and you know, you, 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 Americans, you start strong, you finish strong, you're a little bit muddled in the middle, but that's kind of how society's memory is. The, if the beginning's really solid and the end's really solid, yeah, the middle, uh, it doesn't it doesn't particularly matter. So. If that's you, how people describe my set. So yeah, that's, that's I'm so glad you said set because <laughs> for a moment there I was like, I this is not that kind of podcast. That's not the way Nigel has booked this show. <laughs> well, then we no, have Dan, a problem. Dan always peaks early. In that. <laughs> uh, now we're talking about mine. Uh, so, but anyway, <laughs> uh, the uh, you know if you if you have a really solid curtain jerker, your show is set. At the very least, until intermission, because people are still emotionally riding on how great that opening was. Yeah. And I know, personally, as a guy that's done everything in the business that you possibly could do other than being a fucking WWF champion, is I know if I was jerking the curtain and we put on a hell of a show, we walk in the back, look at all the boys and go, follow that shit, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, so chip tone. goes right here. That's right. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And and you know, some guys go in with that mindset, and some guys go in with you know, my whole the whole purpose is to set the tone. You now, and I'll be honest, so long as what you do does exactly that, just sets the tone, whether or not you do it with a chip on your shoulder or not. Well, it, so that's that's it, it the works. opening match of the night on the fourteenth. I'm pretty. You guys got me hyped right now. Like I'm. I'm and this is just the first one. And, and this is, you know what? I, I'll come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll slow drip. Yeah, slow burn it. Yeah, we talked about that slow drip on the last show. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the Ric Flair drip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but our, our second match, we've got a ladies' match. Uh, and we have got uh, Libby La Vida Loca, who is uh, a local wrestler, came out of uh, Metroplex Wrestling School. Okay. Uh, versus Killer Kate. Uh, and Killer Kate is come, uh, another local who's coming out of uh, the DFW All-Pro School, trained by Lou Gotti. Uh, oh, wow, okay. Both of them are uh, uh, very, very good hands in the ring. Uh, is excellent on uh, uh, grabbing the emotions of the fans as far as uh, a baby face, uh, and uh, she's really great at... I mean, if you think Livy La Vida Loca, you've got that right there already. You can feel the energy because you know mm -hmm. what she's bringing you know, to the ring. Uh, and Killer Kate is really quite that. She's probably one of uh, the more mm, severe, I think, would uh, be a good way to describe it. Uh, she's, uh, she, she's a very talented wrestler, but she really focuses on her ground game. She really focuses on submission. 
Uh, and uh, her rear naked choke has gotten her a lot of championships uh, over the, uh, I want to say, like two, three years that she's been wrestling. She's uh, got a lot of uh, a lot of promise and a lot of future uh, ahead of her, and we're very excited to have them. And I'll say, I'll say coming out of uh, probably, arguably, the best school in the Metroplex. Yeah. Uh, the best trainer in the Metroplex, Luke Gotti's. I'd, I'd really put I, I'd put that with both because uh, Metroplex wrestling has has produced, I would say, easily as many excellent talents yeah. as uh, uh, as Luke Gotti has. Yeah, I've, uh, I've met with Lou and I've seen the way he trains his guys. Oh, it yeah, reminds very, me of the way I was brought in the business. Yeah. So no. he's very respectful of the business and and doesn't, doesn't take any uh, cartoony fucking bullshit. So. All right. So, yeah. Well, he's going to love me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, next up, we're, uh, speaking earlier, of course, of uh, Ashton Jacobs, we have one of Ashton's first students, uh, a friend of mine, Irish Pride, Johnny O'Mara, uh, and he'll be facing Mr. Wobble. Uh, Mr. Wobble comes out of uh, uh, actually uh, uh, Sir Moe's school, uh-huh. uh, former WWE tag team I know Mo. Moe's yeah. a cool dude. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah. And... And, uh, and Sir Mo from uh, Men on a Mission. Men, yep. And uh, Wobble, I'm going to tell this story now. Uh, Mr. Wobble got his name because you're familiar with the song The Wobble? Yeah. Wobble Baby, Wobble Baby? Yeah. He's the one who invented the dance. Yeah. <laughs> he created it, uh, somehow got it pitched to uh, the artist and the, the uh, uh, record company. They liked it, they grabbed him. Uh, and he spent, I want to say it was like two, three years, touring with, tour. uh, with, with with the artist doing the doing wobble. The wobble. Dancing, yeah. I tell you uh, what, he's, he's maybe one of the best raw entertainers. Oh, yeah. I've seen him. Uh, he was at the last OHB yeah. show. Yeah, the Tony kids, Casillas and I bought and merch immediately. <laughs> yeah. The kids love him. Kids love him. All right, so he also wrestles for, uh, he also wrestles for Christian Wrestling Federation. I took my dad up for, for one of their Monday night shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my dad, my, my dad leaves. He goes, I really like Wobble. <laughs> 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 so I was like, all right. There's a there's a Christian there's a Christian wrestling uh, Christian wrestling federation twenty oh, year awesome. old company that's uh, awesome they have uh, it's originally matter- started by uh, was it Mark Victory was he Stephen in that I I, Rob Vaughn is the gentleman that okay. I know Rob right. Vaughn I don't uh, but um, they they've been in the Metroplex for twenty years uh, okay. right now they are uh, they are ministering and holding shows out of uh, Fate Texas uh, and um, Right now, their champion is uh, Barrett Brown, one of the hottest commodities in professional wrestling. In also, Texas. got in the business very early. Yeah, fifteen. 16 uh, 15, years he started ago. training when he was about uh, started training when he was about fifteen. Yeah. Made his debut when he was sixteen. Wrestled I with some incredible companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably they probably get this joke all the time. But do all the do the feuds between the face and the heels? Did they all just end with forgiveness? And I'll have to suggest that to Rob. That's a funny fucking joke. Bro. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll, I'm gonna. Good, because my butthole was clinched while telling that joke. I didn't want to disrespect anybody. That's great, man. Look, I'll be honest. If you're a Christian, you don't have a sense of humor. You have to re-examine. If you don't think God and Christ have a sense of humor, you haven't looked at mankind. Yeah, that's that's very true. Very yeah, true. By the way, uh, uh, Irish pride. Oh, what a vicious heel. Oh. Oh, vicious! Oh, but that's why I love him so much. It's my people. Yeah, put against the fan favorite. So that's going to be an incredible match. Yeah, 
No, I'm yeah, really he's telling me he's this. telling me he's not even worried about the match. He's just there to have a couple of pints. Uh, that's not a pint. with Chris apparently. Yeah, the other <laughs> the other reason we call it the Counting Lots podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Miller you're gonna count the cop sirens pulling you over after them. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can wobble on five minutes. <laughs> Uh, our next match is tag team action, and we're going to have the pack, Apex and Shane Stratmore with their manager, Matt Marvel, facing off against Weapons of Mass Destruction, WMD, Big Fitz, and Major Mark. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, Tell them about uh, Mark. Mark, Major Mark is, is uh, actually, uh, you know what, I don't care if Ashton uh, doesn't make this public. Uh, he's, Ashton's, <laughs> he's Ashton's dad. Okay. Uh, and he actually... As a, a sign of superb parenting, when Ashton wanted to get into <laughs> professional wrestling, Dad went with. Uh, Dad's a, a a retired Marine. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Has served all over the uh, all over the world, uh, and uh, when his son wanted a professional wrestling train and he joined them, uh, when his son started looking for bookings, Dad went along, uh, and, and uh, probably one of. I'm not one for American patriotism gimmicks. Yeah. If you haven't noticed. Why? Why is that? I can't perhaps even <laughs> colonists. You're all colonists. <laughs> and you don't know how to drink tea, especially in this state. Uh, anyway. Ice cold and full of sugar. <laughs> this is why you told me I wasn't allowed to bring a knife. Oh, you lie. I like the honey ginseng tea from Kroger. It's really sweet. Uh, anyway. Um... Uh, uh, Mark is, is is a very very solid uh, good guy. talent. Good guy. Now, really, really a really nice human being. Uh, and Big Fitz, I'll be honest. When I first met Big Fitz, I didn't care for him. Um, okay. And, and uh, <laughs> I, listen, they call him Big Fitz for a reason. What is he? Six seven? So he's close. Oh, to that. I mean, he's a, he's a humongous fellow. Um, uh, uh, former uh, former uh, U.S. Army. Yeah. Um, and. Um, when I actually got a chance to see his ring work, because yeah, w- when I first met him, it was more of a, a personality friction. I didn't see any of his work. I met him while he was training. I was, you know, I, I was showing up at, at the school for a, uh, uh, for a show that they were doing later in the day and going around introducing myself. Uh, and, and we just kind of you know, rubbed each other the wrong way, or at least I was rubbed the wrong way. I've never actually talked to Fitz about this, uh, <clears throat> but. I saw his work at, uh, uh, actually, at Christian Wrestling Federation. And I watched him and I was like, oh, oh, I've got to try and help this fella get it's places. a big old boy, nice. man. Big um, old boy. Six, you know, seven. Yeah. Like seven. 320 oh, yeah. pounds. Uh, you know, agile, uh, surprisingly, uh, but uh, really does rely quite well on that power. And he has got... Uh, he, he's got some impressive talent. That's why he's tagged up with Mark, because Mark is a quick, on his feet. I mean, just what you would think a military veteran would be. Yeah. Quick on his feet, and then power with uh, big fits, and then the pack against. Oh. This is going to be a hell of a tag team it, match. Uh, this is. The, the, the pack. These guys have never met each other in the, the ring. Yeah. yeah. And the pack has recently been enjoying some uh, some some excellent progress as they were very heavily involved in uh, for the Fighting Words promotion uh, indie wrestling uh, expo that happened in, at the end of August, uh, and 
They were in, let's see, what was it? Uh, they, they were in a five-on-five -five elimination tag match. They had their own tag matches uh, during the course of the, the, the next two days. Uh, really, you know, tremendous monsters. The easiest way to describe them, um, imagine that the powers of pain uh, and demolition had a horrifying love child while still wearing all the leather that Demolition has. It's okay. funny that you mention that because they do remind me. Listen, these are these are these are two young guys. I, I met one of them at a show last week mm -hmm. and saw his work, and he's got such incredible raw talent that I had a conversation with him. They, these these guys remind me of early Road Warriors. Okay, like really yeah. early. Like I'm talking, like, I mean, these guys aren't overly muscular, but they're they're power. like NWA were they warriors? No, like, no, not before I'm the AWA. Before the AWA. Oh, okay. Like when yeah, they back, were green. Back back, yeah. back in the day when it was, you know, um, you know, when they when they're when they're training and the ropes extended past the walls of the training room if you hit them. So these are you yeah. toughened up quick. These yeah. are this is this is two raw talent, two guys that are such raw talent. And then with Fitz and a veteran like Major Mart, I'm telling you, we, we, there's no telling what's going to happen in this match. You guys have just booked this. That we just, and 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 together. I want to uh, see this together, now. Together, me as the promoter and and Nigel is uh, helping me with the booking. It's we have really put together a hell of a show. We're only half to half. Oh yeah, half through, halfway through this. Because right now this is intermission. Yeah, yeah, yeah not even. Yeah, let's be. Uh, so, um, and this is I. I'm, ex I'm I'm really excited about so much about the card, but this one is something that I am I'm really excited about because booking uh, book, booking this match put lights in my eyes. Okay. All right. Uh, this match is going to be uh, Double D, the definition of definition, uh, who has been uh, uh, cutting up a, a, a tremendous swath in, in North Texas, Oklahoma. Um, man's incredible, very talented. Uh, he can do all sorts of, I mean, high fly. He, he can do some groundwork. Uh, despite his uh, very lithe, very lean build, he's very powerful. Uh, and he's going up against, might, might very well be one of my favorite people in professional wrestling. Uh, and, and someone who I thought had retired. And then, was it, uh, I think it was, Two days after we were doing the whole, we got we need a few, just a few more. We got to get this. Adding and I cards. saw a post that he made on social media that implied that he was looking for bookings, and my eyes popped out. Mm. And I went, I sent him a because we're friends, so I sent him a message. Did did I did I read this post correctly? Does this mean that you are 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 not only available but you're actively looking for bookings? And I got back a yes. I was like, oh oh, what would you charge us? Uh, and we have got. Uh, in his brand new, and I love this new gimmick, his brand new gimmick, Monster Hunter, Matthew Palmer. Oh, oh okay. That's, you know who that is? Yeah, no, but, no, no, but that, that hits the video game crowd because yeah, I'm is, a Monster Hunter player, and that just, that already connects with me. I want to see this in, in person. Maybe maybe one of the biggest up-and-coming independent personalities. Yeah. Oh, he's, he... In the business. It's going to be a great card. Yeah, yeah, November no, 14th at Oak Allen's Brewery in Dallas. Matthew Palmer is is probably the most talented person in professional wrestling that has ever, not been snatched up. Yeah, that, that everyone is sleeping on. And, it, and I know for a fact that WWE knows he exists. Yeah. 
But, but um, for whatever reason, they just don't want someone as purely talented as he. Um, I'll tell you this, Dan, you'll like this because I could see him fitting, fitting right in with uh, AEW. Well, the thing about it, like oh, yeah. every show you've invited me to, mm-hmm. like the past two shows, uh, it was Ricky Starks over at uh, uh, the Denton right. uh, XCW, and he's in AEW, and then Lance Archer, boom, yeah. like a month later. I used to manage him. AEW. Yeah. Oh, right on, right on. Love love Lance. Very happy for him. Nigel, N- Nigel is, is, ma- is manager some, some of the best up-and-coming guys in the business. It, I mean, if, if you ask some people, it's only because my shot is spread so wide. It, 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 I can't help but have managed some of the best because I've managed everyone else too. <laughs> <laughs> so um, next up, uh, we have... Uh, a, a tremendous veteran of, of the business, one man, Mike Dell, who uh, comes from us, uh, or comes to us uh, from San Antonio away. Uh, ex- excellent, excellent talent. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of good personality. Tremendously crisp in the ring. Um, I, I can't I can't sing enough of Mike Dell's praises. Uh, and uh, his opponent will be the real deal, Noby Bryant. And Noby has. Not only has uh, not only have both of these gentlemen been on SWE television here locally uh, in uh, in North Texas and, and actually across, uh, across the nation across the world thanks to Fight TV and the Title Match Network, uh, but uh, Nobi was actually in uh, uh, was it um, uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, wow. I was working for them. Uh, both men are, are tremendous. Oh, and I forgot at the uh, Indie Wrestling Expo from Fighting Words promotion, he actually had an NWA World Heavyweight Title shot wow. against Nick Aldis, and easily, wow. easily one of the best matches on, uh, of the entire weekend. Now, Nigel, have these two guys ever met before? I don't believe they have. Oh, I don't think this so. This is even more. That's so. oh the reason gosh. we're putting this oh the show together. I mean, so how many, much? Are, how much are tickets to this event? So. Uh, we, we have haven't to... even gotten. Let's let's wait till after the. Okay. Let's right. wait till after the. All right. So, uh, we've got we've got two two mains. I'm gonna start. I'm, I'm gonna reverse the card real quick. I'm gonna start. We're gonna be doing uh, a over the top battle royal. Right now, we've kind of got penciled in twenty man, but it, it, who knows? Who knows what we'll do? We have we have an open door policy right now. Anyone that is in the Metroplex that wants that, that is a pro wrestler. And it's established in the business. If they want to come out and be in the Battle Royal, all they have to get to do is get in touch with Nigel. So this is, yeah, this is, a, this this is, is an open invite. It's an open, open invite. invite. All right, put my name in there. And I said established. <laughs> I'm an established I comic. I said established, not he said established wrestler. I mean, that? I can be in there for a second, eliminate myself. Guys, just give me the glory. Give me the glory. <laughs> the glory of stepping over the top rope. Of twice? step, if I can make it over the fucking top rope, I don't know. We'll give him a step stool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, now I really, now I really, really wish that Lance was available to us. The Nigel. first two, the first two, Dan and Lance, and watch Dan just try. Can you imagine Dan try to bail? And you know how Lance has caught you by the foot, bring you back in, toss you around for twenty minutes. Hey, if it makes money, I'll do it. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even want to be a security guard on the last show. I am stupid enough to do this. Just sign me up right now. Now, uh, Uh, we're going to have to visit Dan in the hospital, (laughs) especially if it would. I like the food. uh, That explains the anemic. Uh, It really really does. That's such. God bless. 
Uh, but <laughs> the the winner of uh, the battle royal uh, is going to be receiving a trophy. Oh, uh, with uh, Oak Island Brewery's Memorial Cup. Yeah, it's going to what? have a nicer uh, a nice engraved, go- and it will be set inside. Uh, for everyone to see. It'll be beautiful. Oh, my God. Well, well what we this have is planned awesome. is that uh, the memorial trophy will be, let's uh, give an example, like the Stanley Cup. Yes. Okay. So uh, the person will be awarded, whoever wins the battle royal will be, will be the first one to be on the and the Oak Islands Brewery Memorial Cup. Yes. And they will win it and their name will go on the bottom of the cup and then it will be that will be on display at Oak Islands Brewery here in Dallas and when we have the next show we'll have the next battle royal and some of That's freaking play. awesome yeah. guys. Winner can drink a beer out of the cup before they put it back That's on display. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's at a brewery. Some I mean. of the best mm-hmm. some <laughs> of the best beer in Dallas, I'm telling you that. Absolutely, absolutely. Now the 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 other main event in our excellent excellent double main is going to be former WWE stu- uh, superstar Red Dog Rodney Mack hey, currently yeah. wrestling actively for SWEs our uh, one half of our tag team champions managed by this nice rabid fellow I I've heard of him I don't know him very well seems like a prat uh, it's gonna I don't be even s- know what that is. <laughs> That's why I say it. Because you sit there, you have to agree. Is that like with a me. wanker? That could be like a wanker. Yeah. Uh, not really. Wankers, <clears throat> wank. Uh, prats are just uh, <laughs> prats. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, and he's going to be squaring off against Jerome Daniel Griffey. Now, Jerome Daniel Griffey is probably one of the most gifted fighting talents in North Texas. Uh, it may very well be in all of the Midwest uh, that that has been slept on. Okay. And, and not only is Jerome uh, a student of the pro wrestling business, he is a student of um, mixed martial arts in general. Oh, I mean, shit. We're talking okay. in the business, there are very few of us, but some real shooters in this business. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, this dude... If anybody's going to give Rodney Mack a run for his money. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And, and even though I'm going to be in, in Rodney's corner, and I've got, I've got supreme confidence in Rodney Mack, I am going to tell you, uh, I once upon a time was in Jerome Daniel Griffey's corner. Yeah. Uh, and so this is kind of personal for you. Yeah. Well, absolutely, because th- there's, there is a part of me that feels... Can we just flip the gimmick? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, there's a part of me that I don't know what I'm doing right here. <laughs> I'm just talking. Have you not noticed that? <laughs> oh, it sounds like you I need a new you co-host. I saw you turn on the gimmick, bro. <laughs> you said you were going to get replaced. I saw you go from promoting a show to turning the gimmick off, bro. Chris, I'm trying to get in the battle royal. Okay, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, but but Jerome, Jerome is one of those talents that I feel very strongly we're not going to have available to us in the independent circuit mm. within no, the next six months he'll to go, a year. It'll be gone. Not only, and what what really freaks me out that they haven't grabbed Daniels up yet is that he's a real shooter. Yeah, yeah. like he he spends his days training in mixed martial arts, mm-hmm. and he just happens to be an unbelievable pro wrestler. Mm. And he's highly educated as well. Astrophysics. Oh wow! Astrophysics. Wow. Yeah. He, when when he wanted to get in professional wrestling, his like dad Brian made from Queen. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Except not a doctorate, but well <laughs> yeah, done yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> but some, uh, 
his dad, when he said he wanted to get in professional wrestling, his dad said, all right, uh, but you've got to go get an education first. So he went and did astrophysics. He's quite famous in our business for, for when, when guys are making things either too hard, harder than it needs to be, or, or complaining about something, or not doing something right, and he'll just go, come on, guys, this isn't rocket science. Yeah. I mean, if it was, I could still do it. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's very talented, uh, and he really is going to put forth a, a tremendous effort and a tremendous match. And, and he and Rodney Mack working together... It, well, Rodney, each other Rodney, Rodney Max from my era, and, and have a man of that age who has stayed in peak physical condition. Yeah. He's a monster. And he's a top, literal on monster. On top of that, running his own, now he's running his own school. Yes, he is. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you're trained by Rodney Mack, you better be a bad son of, bad son of a bitch, man. And, you, and if you're being trained by Rodney Mack, you better understand. Yes, sir. No, sir. And this is running the business like it ought to be run. Run the business like we were raised. Let's raise our kid the kids the way that we were raised. Right. And that's the way Rodney's doing it. I'm telling you, man, this is gonna be if to to end the night with a 20 man battle royal, and to think that Rodney Mack and Jerome Daniels is not the last main event of the night. It's going to be a hell of a card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is going to be very exciting. Uh, me and my friends back in school, we had, we always thought Roddy Mack was like the baddest motherfucker on the planet. He was. He, yeah, yeah. And, he, he and he still is. He still is. He still is. I, I, let me tell you a story. Right? So Rodney, Rodney and I work for SWE, which is SWE Fury on television uh, here in the Dallas Metroplex on, uh, was it 33 uh, at 2 in the a.m. on Saturdays. Uh, which makes it uh, two in the a.m. on Sundays, but you Americans don't understand time. Uh, so anyway, we, we do not know. That's true. Uh, so <laughs> Rodney and I are, are doing a, a, a I taping. What, I know when it's Miller time. <laughs> <laughs> when this, when, when you're conscious. This is like our. This is our. When the alarm goes off in the morning, it's Miller time. He's added this Miller Light thing to the podcast this week, and I'm absolutely digging it. <laughs> We might get a sponsorship. Yeah, go over a sponsorship. As soon as Guinness is on board, I'll be in. I'll do oh, light, yeah. natural light. I don't care. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so it, it, it's uh, Rodney, myself, uh, and Mr. Jacus Pliskin, who is his tag team partner, and their ring gear is uh, uh, robe trench coats that are just littered with spikes. Okay. All right. I and dig we're not, it already. We're not we're not talking about like the little little stubby spikes. We're yeah. talking about yeah. Some of them are easily like what was it about two about an inch and a half two inches. Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, but you know it's spike not pins spikes. Yeah. And you you know Rodney mm. Rodney will just kind of you know <laughs> beat on himself. <laughs> he does that as we're getting ready as we're in the ring. And I happen to look at him, and his hand is just gushing. It's like stigmatizing. Oh he, he's exa- <laughs> exactly, and, and I mean, in my impression, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in professional wrestling, especially who, who are dealing with training, that agree with me that Rodney Mack is practically the second coming in professional wrestling, uh, as far as you know what he can teach, the knowledge that he has, and the competency competency in which he can bestow upon a willing. Uh, student. Yeah, so a guy, uh, uh, a guy that's been in the business for thirty odd years, myself. Uh, uh, that's if somebody came to me and said, "Who would you? Who's one of the best trainers in the business?" Uh, I'd probably send him either Rodney Mack or, 
or uh, or Gotti uh-huh. right now. I mean, we've we've we're, the Metroplex has really come as a incredible farm league for these larger organizations, including New Japan. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I know a lot of the independent workers are going over and working. Probably not now. Prior to the pandemic, we're traveling into Europe and working in England and yeah. Germany. And, and I mean, the opportunities now are really great for an up-and-coming up world. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish we could announce comedy shows or hype-up comedy shows like just this. like y'all just did that. So, why don't you start but, the top and go down that entire card so everybody knows exactly uh, we, what Oh, we got Miles Francis opening. He's got a podcast. All right, so we're <laughs> setting, <laughs> setting the, we're, the tone for the Once night. again, we, we're... Uh, our... our First, or our, our second half of our double main event is a 20-man over-the-top battle royal uh, for the Oak Highlands Brewery Cup. Then we have Rodney Mack, former WWE superstar with Nigel Rabbit versus Jerome Daniels Griffey. One man, Mike Dell versus the real deal, Noby Bryant. Double D, the definition of definition versus Monster Hunter, Matthew Palmer. In tag team action, we have the pack. Apex, Shane Stratmore with Matt Marvel versus the weapons of mass destruction, Big Fitz, and Major Mark. We have Irish Pride Johnny O'Mara versus Mr. Wobble. Livy La Vida Loca versus Killer Kate. And Bad Brad Sanders versus Ashton Jacobs. What a hell of a car. Absolutely. November 14th, Oak Highlands Brewery. Get your tickets now. How much are tickets, Chris? So uh, we've, got, we've got tickets from... All prices, you can get a whole table or you can get a general admission seat. General admission seats are as low as $15. Uh, tables uh, can go up to uh, eight people. And uh, you can actually buy a individual parking spot if you want to come bring your own chairs and tailgate so that you can be socially safe. Following all the COVID rules, trying to be respectful of people who want to stay away from other individuals that aren't in their family, you can get tickets there. It's gonna hard. It's gonna be hard to keep social distance when this card is just amazing. Well, are, and it's gonna be incredible. In fact, shit. we there at Oak Island's Brewery, we have. Uh, they're actually a brewery. They brew their own beers. They design their own beers. They have. Quite good, uh, actually. They have actually. I'm uh, really critical of American beer, and they're quite good. That that comes from an Englishman. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you from England? No, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm German. <Fucker. laughs> Einstein fein, build an empire. Yeah. <laughs> so, honestly, Oak Island's Brewery, Brad Molliver at Oak Island's Brewery has, has won gold medals in brewing beer. and But we are actually going to have a, a chef from the State Fair of Texas will be coming in to do refreshments and food there. Deep fried everything. Yes, he does it all, man. (laughs) So we've actually got a caterer coming in to do food and setting up a, you know, basically a restaurant on site. Wow. And so there'll be food. There'll be, it's, this is a family friendly, friendly event. This should be great for you. Listen, if you've been tired of being inside and you want to go something that's socially distant 
and you can be safe and you have a good time, spread the word, Oak Collinsbury, November 14th. Chris, you put in a lot of work into this show. I've done nothing, and I feel fucking terrible now. <laughs> well, I got to do something. Well, when you're 30, for the 30 years in the business, you kind of turn that switch on, yeah. and you can't turn it off until the show's over. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so we, this, we put this together as the rules uh, changed here in Dallas for uh, the, you know, for the restrictions yeah. for the pandemic. We had less time that normally somebody like Nigel and I would have six months to plan a show like this. An incredible card like this, this is not just your everyday Saturday night once a week card. This yeah. is something that we have put together and individually picked, handpicked wrestlers that have not, have not had matches against each other so that you're going to see something that you're not just going to see at every independent show across Texas. Well, I'm going to help people with parking or something because I feel like a fucking hey, wanker. Give a little hey. orange code <laughs> away. Yeah. No, Listen, we need, a... we need somebody to uh, clean the ring after every match. You want to sanitize the ring? It, 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 I mean, it would keep you safe. <laughs> it would. Asthmatic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that one hurt. That one hurt a little bit. That one. Asthmatic. Someone come in here and clean up my feelings. Uh, no, no, I'll, I'll you know, no, I'll contribute listen, anyway. This can be great. We are going to have somebody uh, coming in and making sure that it's uh, that everything is uh, sanitized. And yeah, we're going to follow the rules here in Dallas and and so get your tickets quick. That sounds I would say awesome. too for anybody on. I know this is a comedy and wrestling podcast, so uh-huh. there's just comedian people here that are like, ah, I've watched WWE, I watch AEW, it's not my thing. It's completely going around. to a live wrestling yeah. event. Oh god, it's like it's life changing. It's man. so much fun. It's so it, much fun. It, it's not. It's not just because I mean you go to live WWE events and and while it, there is a different it's a different it's it's like going live concert. It's like going uh, live live stand up uh, comedy. You know, th- there's a very different energy and atmosphere because you're there um, immersed in it. Yeah. Going to a live independent professional wrestling match, however, is completely different because you don't have what you're bombarded with by you know, WWE, by uh, Impact, by AEW, by Ring of Honor. You don't have that TV product yeah. uh, uh, filter- filtration on it. Um, it's raw. It's like it's that pure. live experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There, you, you get more of. Uh, you, you get more of the. We're going to let you loose and let you be creative and let you do your work. Opposed to, we're going to have to uh, uh, paint and, and set this up, and we're in. It's very sterile, uh, and, and at least emotionally, spiritually, very, very sterile, very dry. Uh, when you get the big companies, but when you come down on the independent level, uh, it, it's extraordinary. As a matter of fact, the first time I saw independent professional wrestling at all was during my audition into the business to be a uh, a color commentator. Um, I don't even think I've told you this story, have I, Chris? All right, so <clears throat> uh, there's there's a, a lot to it, so I'm going to just trim it down to th- this one section, and we can do the I'll other go one as later. long as you want to. Then. I appreciate it, but I don't want to make it all the, the, the let's talk about my it's origin story. It's tea time, dude. He's got places to be. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's, now we're going to Oak Collinsbury yeah. and have a couple of times after yeah. Bloody Americans. Tea time has passed. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, uh, when, when I went to audition, 
Uh, I, my, my goal was I, I wanted to, I was shooting for being a Bobby Heenan. You know, I wanted to be that guy on commentary. I mean, that that's was, a good person to look it, up to. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, and there's a lot of guys who have done color, color commentary. Oh, come on, Monsoon. <laughs> done, 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 a lot of guys who've done a good job. But Bobby's the pinnacle, in my mm -hmm. opinion. He uh, is. So I wanted, I wanted to do that. The fellow that was doing play-by-play -play for this company was a friend of mine who shared my opinion that the greatest commentary team in the history of professional wrestling, and no one has even yet come close to touch the hem of their garment, is Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Yes. So that was the goal. I was going to get there, and we were going to do that. We were going to feel wonderful about ourselves. And, you know, it wasn't really going to be a professional wrestling career or anything like that. It was just going to be, we have the opportunity to have fun and, and do this. Uh, and when I get there, the promoter... Uh, a gentleman who, who uh, works under the name of Elvis, uh, he looks at me and tells me, well, we're going to have you do play-by-play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> play. Damn, that's a good person. Uh, I, I don't know which is the real accent now. Is this a character the whole time? Are you even from London? <laughs> I, no, I'm from Kingston-upon-Thames, oh, okay. which is a borough of London. Cool, well, you didn't even listen to me. They headphones, I, isn't it? He doesn't have anything going to the headphones. It's just I did. it's just white Honestly, noise, so no. he doesn't have to listen to any of us, and he's a lip reader. If I haven't heard it on Doctor Who, I don't know what it is. That really explains <laughs> everything right Mind now. Joe, you're such a heel. <laughs> so, but, but he says that, to, he says I'm going to be doing play-by-play, -play and I am not mentally or emotionally prepared to do play-by-play -play on the fly, having never... Oh, he been, wanted you to do play-by-play. Yeah, play. wanted me to do play-by-play play as my audition right there. So the first thing that goes through my head is... <laughs> is, is I'm, uh, uh, all right, all right. Now, if you've never... Good done, point, Nigel. <laughs> now, if you've never... Indeed. If you've never, if never done the difference, the difference between a color commentator and a play-by-play -play guy. Imagine a guy who calls a baseball game. Yeah. Telling every play... That happens in a baseball game, thus a wrestling match, mm -hmm. and still being conversational while doing it. Yeah, it's it is a learned task. It's not something that you do. You know, it's not something that's in your DNA, right, bro? Certainly wasn't in my DNA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so so he he tells me you're going to do play by play, and I'm like, all right, I'm here for color, but or because the difference between Play by play in color is is very much you have to have a uh, if not a voluminous knowledge of professional wrestling and what's going on there you have to be able to think quick on your feet mm -hmm. and adapt very quickly because if somebody does a move that they've just created that they've never told anybody about but it but it looks like something else but you know it's not what that a maneuver. thing yeah, you, know, <laughs> you have to you have to no shit. yeah you have to figure out a way to deliver some kind of the so and so does a blah 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 without you know going uh, so like so like a term like a modified you know that's what you that's one of, that's actually one of my favorites like, yeah, that's that's modified. one of my favorite uh, yeah, uh, modified DDT that yeah. is not what that was I have no idea what that was <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I, I'm I'm standing and I'm standing probably twenty feet from the ring this is the closest I've ever been to a professional wrestling ring in my entire life I had been uh, fourth row for a house show in w, uh, with WWE. Uh, my dad and I cheered for Ted DiBiase while he was beating up uh, Dusty Rhodes. Oh, I'm jealous of you right now. Ted 
heard us cheering for him, stomped, looked at the crowd, caught my dad's eye and winked, uh, and then went back to, to, to pummeling the dream. Uh, but, but So that's, that's the closest I'd been. Mm-hmm. So these two, and they weren't even, this was uh, Jason Silver. And do you remember Mikey Ironheart, the kid that used... Mikey's no longer in the business. Jason, neither of them at the time were, were 21. I don't even think they were in their 20s yet. And these two young men got in the ring and put on a match. Now, from that, from that day to this day, I couldn't tell you if it was amazing, awesome. What I will tell you is it was mystifying. Here I was watching two very talented to my eye, very skilled at what they were doing. But young. But young. It would be likened unto watching, say, for example, well, I mean, really, it'd be like unto watching anyone who has a talent at a sport working at the minor league level and watching them and seeing and going, oh my God, if these guys just have the right opportunity, they could be magic. And here I am watching these two young men. And they're, they're having. Um, what what I what I, I assume is a basic match, because I mean they're just there to give me something o- to say. Opener or dark or what? wasn't even that. It was it was I I was there for an audition. Okay. It wasn't yeah. You know, I mean literally uh, yeah. Elvis Elvis was looking Jason Mac get in the ring do a match. <laughs> just, just like that's like oh right, yeah, yeah. so like no crowd at all no it was just, this completely like audition. if you saw the Beatles doing a sound check before yeah, yeah, the Beatles. yeah 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 absolutely okay. absolutely it's a great example yeah uh, so I'm I'm sitting there I'm watching these two young men and everything that I just described to you was what was literally going on in my head at any time what I was describing you sound like I was calling a match yeah. No. <laughs> so about about if, if they went five minutes, about three minutes into the match, Elvis, who is standing in front of me and off uh, to the right, turns around, looks over his shoulder, and goes, "Y'all gonna call this thing or what?" <laughs> Y'all gonna he, say anything? <laughs> he turns back around. I literally fold myself in half. I'm so embarrassed about the fact that I just like. <laughs> <laughs> and and so now I wasn't planning on having to do play-by-play. I don't have the voluminous knowledge required to feel confident doing play-by-play. I just fucked up. Yeah. I was an actor. I used to do Shakespeare. I know when you fuck up an audition. I fucked up an audition. So add that in. I'm now nervous out of my mind. Uh, so after I stand up from being embarrassed, uh, I, I grab, I've got the microphone in my hand, and now I'm saying things like uh, "drop kick," <laughs> Cl- "close close line," uh, and when we finished, I got a very polite, you know, "thank you very much for trying," you know, and then they go off to discuss him and him and one of his partners. The only reason why I made it into professional wrestling is because the young lady that I was dating at the time, who later became my fiance, which became my wife, which became my ex-wife, uh, and that she, happened. Yeah, <laughs> she, she had auditioned with me, but she had auditioned to be a valet, and well, she was gonna get the job. She's, I mean, she, you know, my, even today, my ex-wife is a gorgeous woman. 
Uh, and she had a tremendous sense of charisma. She understood. Uh, the, the, she loved professional wrestling, which is why she decided to do this with me. She knew how to play an ingenue. Oh, yeah. She, okay. Yeah, she was, she was wonderful. And, and when she came out to do that thing, she just knocked everybody's socks off. They wanted her. So Nigel got the job. So, <laughs> well, what they did is they gave, us, they gave us a business card. And on the business card, they had two dates on it. And what they said was, I want you to come and do a live audition. And I found out later, because he was later laughing about this, probably like two, three months after I had you know, come to work for him. I found out later that the reason why he gave us the card was he felt that I might be that type of insecure prat who, if I didn't get what I wanted and she did, I was going to prevent her from, from getting. Well, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I used to be, I used, to, I used to be a stage actor. Yeah. Which I hate stage, uh, incidentally, but I used to be a stage actor, and I dated an actress, and she was horrible to work with because if she got, if she didn't get a role for something we both auditioned for, she would lose her mind with jealousy. Mm -hmm. I was not. I, I, that's that's not how I, I operate. It's why I tell comics not to date each other. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah, for real. Right. What a nightmare. You know, it, God. It, 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 <laughs> they it, never learn. Well, and, and if you don't have a good sense of self and a good sense of I want my partner to succeed, even at the expense of whatever I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, you're done. You might you might as well go. Well, you know, it was a nice shag, but I've got to go. It was a nice shag. <laughs> so he didn't know she that did I have wasn't. Really nice carpet. Uh, that's <laughs> that Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt makes so much more sense now. Not much dating, now, Miles. <laughs> so anyway, um, the uh, uh, because he th because they didn't know that I wasn't that jerk. Yeah, they said. Well, let's let's have them both come out. She'll be awesome. She'll get bit by the wrestling bug if if you know if luck's with us, and she'll want to do this no matter what. He'll give the kind of performance that he just gave, and he'll be terrible. The fans will react poorly to him, and if he's got any sense of uh, of self awareness, when we say we can't use you, he'll go. Well, it's all right. I understand, and. So they had a lot of faith in you. Huh? Oh, well, no. None. None. So, you know, and worst case scenario, if I had no sense of self-awareness, you know, if I got mad at it, she's been bit by the wrestling bug, and it would either be her telling me, you know, you're going to let me do this, yeah. or her telling me, hit the bricks, wanker. I don't need you. Or you just completely understand, and then the right. relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and his response was, I somehow lucked out getting both of you. <laughs> so let me explain, too, that this promotion that they started with, how do I explain it? Ooh, I don't know. It was not the, Nigel started at the bottom. Well, that's where this. As, as, well, there was, it wasn't the absolute bottom. No, no, because there was, you know, and, and I, had, I had worked for the bottom. And the guys who, who ran promotions on the bottom, great, great people. Love them today. We'll still speak highly of but them. But you have to... they got to start somewhere. Gotta start yeah. Oh, yeah. Someone's got to get on the internet and tell jokes. Like and then have someone right. go, maybe you should go to a stand-up club. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah the, the way that I... You know, I think I've mentioned this to you. I almost got into stand-up comedy. Uh, when Be I happy went, you didn't. I, well, you know... <laughs> it's fucking... 
I mean, <laughs> I've already met you guys, so I just feel like I've already hit the bottom. I just might as well do the rest of it. He already knows us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because exactly. he didn't know us. That's <laughs> Nigel, one of my best supporters in the stand-up business, by the way. He's a very funny man. I don't know what he's doing with you fellows. <laughs> I said I could get him up at the improv. That's why I'm here. How's that working? It's a shoot. I lined my ass up. I, don't know I mean, it's real easy. What we do is we go to Pete's Dueling Pianos, and when, they're, when they've when no, closed no, the doors, no. we break in. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> trying to make it in this business. That was the blueprint of my year three strategy yeah. right there. I remember the improv when it was next door to the Taiwan restaurant. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that was a, that was a way. It hasn't moved. It, yeah, they just, yeah. you know, no longer Pete. It's yeah, now yeah, Pete's yeah. doing pianos. That was a ways back. Taiwan food next door. Oh, it's so good, though. They, they had a smash burger downstairs, though. They do the have a smash burger, burger yeah. which I don't understand. I've, I've read internet literature. I understand what smash means. I thought doing that to food was gross. I mean, it's perfectly acceptable in there. Really? It gives it a better taste, really. Um, this makes me wonder why we're associating with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, next week Somebody I'm, just turned it up a notch. Next week, I'm just wearing a button-up, and uh, <laughs> I'm not wearing any wrestling merch, and then I'm just going to keep quiet and be like, yes. That's, a, that's so, all I'm saying. That, that was a very good comment, sir. <laughs> yes. So if you want to, you want to see more of this bullshit. <laughs> we come should, no, November fourteenth. We should do a repeat. We should do a repeat of this episode. Just do another we'll episode in the ring, no live recording. Ooh, we'll have to watch our language at a family show. So, just off subject of the wrestling event, because yeah. you're obviously, you know, you love the wrestling business. I just, I'm fond of it. Yes. You're fond of it, yeah. I've been trying to convert Chris mm-hmm. into watching the products again. Cool. Not WWE, but AEW. What is your opinion of all elite wrestling? Um, I, I think that the fans that are venomous against WWE in support of AEW are foolish. I think the fans that are venomous against AEW uh, in support of WWE are equally foolish. Uh, I feel that while uh, in my esteemed colleague sitting to my left, I guess that's uh, me. Yes, no. uh, that you're. That, I mean, unless we're both dyslexic. <laughs> He's talking about Billy White, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he he has decidedly uh, some understandable uh, opinions about some of the talent. At AEW, uh, as a matter of fact, we recently had a conversation uh, about one of those talents uh, because not only am I fond of him, but uh, I've worked with him a number of times, and I'm very—I uh, won't say we're good friends, but I, I, we, we're acquainted well enough that uh, you know I, I'm sure that the next time we see each other, it, it would be handshakes and possibly hugs, and good to see you, brother. You know, so so happy and proud of of all your advancement. Um, AEW does a lot of things that old school guys like Chris hate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unless you've he mo- hates Orange Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> he that's fucking that's, hates Orange Cassidy. That's actually who I'm talking about. I was going to yeah. ask. Oh, okay. I, 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 I love Orange. Oh, um, I, think, I, I think, do too. I think Orange is brilliant, but uh, I understand why guys like Chris doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because to him, the concept, and part of the problem is, is it's not so much... Uh, part of the, it's not so much the concept so much as it's the, when someone describes it, you don't see the product. Um, I had the pleasure of watching him 
the first time I'd ever seen Orange Cassidy wrestle, uh, I saw Orange Cassidy wrestle Keith Lee at Inspire oh, wow. Pro Wrestling yeah, yeah, yeah. down in Austin. Um, and now, now, those of you who watch WWE, you know Keith Lee is not someone that yeah. you would take lightly. Um, he is tremendously athletic, a brilliant human being. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I'd be hard-pressed to say that there is a better person in professional wrestling uh, than, than Keith. Keith is really an amazing person. Uh, the easiest way to put it is, as, as, as great a talent as he is in the ring, um, that is easily as great a person a, a, as he is. Yeah. Um, Quite the compliment. It, it, it is, because, oh my God, his talent in the ring. Uh, but the thing that, that a lot of people don't realize when they hear about Orange versus watching Orange is unless Orange Cassidy is facing someone else who has a similar styled gimmick, who is willing to you know, take things out of the realm of sports and put it more in the realm of entertainment, the only one who is really getting the, the getting the quote-unquote joke of Orange Cassidy or the gimmick of Orange Cassidy is Orange Cassidy. Uh, the, the legitimate... Uh, in the eyes of, of the old school guys, because in no way, shape, or form do I feel that Orange is not a legitimate wrestler. Uh, but the quote-unquote legitimate wrestler that Orange Cassidy is facing doesn't understand, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. What is, Get your damn hands <coughs> out of your pocket. What yeah. do you, you know, why, why are you gently kicking my shins? <laughs> <laughs> and... and, and and that was you know, in my in in our recent conversation about Orange. Uh, one of the things that I, t- I told Chris was that uh, Orange Cassidy Orange Cassidy doesn't try and force his opponents to sell the gimmick. What Orange does is he does the gimmick, and then his opponents, confused, suddenly have to go. Wait a minute! I'm all right. I'm beating the hell out of this guy. That's yeah. it. Yeah, and so what, what was the question? I'm sorry, I had to take a phone call. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. Uh, still. Still the same about should you? Uh, what, what's my opinion of, of AEW? Okay. And, and I've segued on to Orange Cassidy. When did that's that's his favorite subject? Well, I, no, 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 that, no, no. That's your I, favorite person to hate. And I've. I've. My least favorite subject. I'm is going. Cassidy. I'm going to convert you. And he told me. At the last podcast, that uh, I love Orange Cassidy. Okay, that, yeah, bring okay. it back up. Bring it back up because I'm very okay. proud all of right, this. All right, all right. What, what was this? I said that Chris Jericho mm-hmm. is our modern day Ric Flair. Oh, actually, can I explain? Can I explain my no, reasons? No, because I've got. Let me let <laughs> Go me ahead. give an answer. See, Go ahead. Um, my one. Finally, somebody's going to give an answer around here. <coughs> my, 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 my ex-wife was almost thrown out of uh, backstage at a Fozzie show. Uh, oh, shit. What? what? Okay, she was, go on. She, was, uh, she, she and a friend of hers were originally going to, uh, they had a, an opportunity to possibly do backup singing for Fozzie. Uh, we, we actually cut our plan short is while that, we were visiting. Is that technically singing? No, I mean, okay, okay, you don't have to tear down everything Chris Jericho <laughs> does. Not, there you go. I'm not. I, I mean, not. he could have played hockey. Billboard <laughs> <laughs> uh, top 10 uh, artist. But, um, uh, you know, because we literally ran into a traffic jam so bad on our way north from Austin that 
we were hours late from when she could have had the opportunity to actually do the backup singing, but she and her friend were still allowed to go and hang out. So she just hung out and, and talked wrestling with him uh, and, and music and stuff. And she told him something that I have said for years. And I'm going to tell you right now, given okay. the, the way that this conversation has been going. Okay. Well, I think we're having a good time. Yes, but see, I'm worried on, about the gentleman guess. to my left. Let me guess. <laughs> okay, good, good. Was it don't bring your old lady around the business? <laughs> <laughs> actually, amusingly enough, she was actually blocking. <laughs> for, for, she was blocking for someone well, else. That's my first rule. Don't right. bring your old lady around the business. But what she, t- what she told Chris was... That, in my opinion, he is the Ric Flair of modern professional wrestling. He immediately got angry because, you know, coming from WCW and the way that Flair and some of the older guys held down guys, um, he didn't take that as a compliment. She said, no, 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 let me explain. Yeah. Because... And I don't mean it in that sense either about holding people back or anything like that. Ric Flair is one of those geniuses. Oh, that I agree with. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, oh, that he holds yeah. that that he held people holds oh, people back. I'm not saying he did, but I mean, <laughs> Rick Rick Flair is a genius in the ring, yes. and he can have a great match with anyone. Not just have a great match with anyone; he can make everyone look good. Absolutely, it doesn't. Even today, if he gets into the ring, so long as he's wearing a t-shirt as well as his tights, <laughs> good on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he can put on. Uh, at least under off seventy four. years old. He can, he can put he could probably with still a broken go. back. Yeah, with a broken back. Absolutely, and he can still put on at least a four star match with whomever you supply him. Didn't I just? Didn't I say that last? Whatever, Chris. <laughs> I have never seen Chris Jericho have a bad match with anyone. Okay, I'll tell. I'll give you this. Hold on. Right. Mm-hmm. And he beat the Rock and Stone Cold in the same night. First undisputed champion. But as a worker. Chris is a great worker, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But to compare him to Flair, come on, bro. So we, we yeah. agree. We, so. we agree. But it's, to, it, it's comparing him to Flair because of what he can do. I'm not saying that because I'm, I'm ill-equipped to judge. Okay. And the reason why I'm ill-equipped to judge is because, especially me, I don't know about the rest of the lads around the table, but especially me, my introduction to Ric Flair, I don't, I don't even think you know this about me, my, my exposure to professional wrestling originally was all WWF. I had right. no exposure to Ric Flair well, until and, he showed up in WWF. So that's, that's you and a lot of people, though. But uh, you have there nowadays you have the ability to go back and look at his work. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and don't get me wrong. He, uh, like, he's amazing. But and, and my introduction to Ric Flair, as I've said on the podcast, Sting... The first sight of Sting got me into wrestling. Right. When I studied Sting's past matches, Ric Flair is the first opponent of Sting where I went, wow, right. that guy. Right. Well, well, I, I and guess, as I far see. as Ric Flair putting people, pushing people down, keeping them down, didn't do that well, with Sting. Well, and you know, didn't I don't do that know that necessarily. Sting. Well, that, 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 that could probably happen, but I don't know. I that, wasn't there. I think everybody uh, in wrestling has done that oh, one way or yeah. another. Not one of... That, put once someone again, over. That's her, that's her. That's her topic of the last podcast. Yeah. Is that ever being that top guy again? Yeah. Like the only way, only place you can go is down. Yeah. So yeah, what are you gonna do? You're gonna put your foot on people's throats mm-hmm. so you can keep that top spot, right? I mean, I mean, 
My point on Jericho is <laughs> relevance and staying relevant. Now, Flair didn't have to reinvent himself like Chris Jericho has, but every time Chris Jericho has reinvented himself, it goes over. It works. It happens. Oh, no. It looks and like the, way the he's, same old Jericho to me. Well, I mean, because... There it, was an eyeliner phase. I don't know if you caught that, but... <laughs> I really did enjoy the list. I only got one thing to say. Woo! <laughs> but I, I, I think the biggest, the biggest point when I compare... Flair to Jericho or Jericho to Flair is the fact that, and what I say is modern day Flair. I'm in no way, shape, or form am I trying to take any uh, anything away from uh, Rick Nature Boy's one of the absolute yeah. greatest in the game. Absolutely, but it, it's the Chris has uniformly put on amazing matches time after time after time after time. And every time that he does it, he does it for the purpose of making sure that he grabs the fans very much in the same way that Ric Flair. Okay, I'll give Okay, yeah. I, I, listen. Maybe he I should convince, pay. I couldn't convince no, him No, 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 I'm not You're getting listen, replaced, Dan. Listen, yeah, yeah, this is your I last am. episode. This you is. I'm, st- I'm still on the board. You can't really, like, it's... All right, let's look at this. Mm-hmm. Let's, I'll say, we, we had this discussion about comics. Okay. Okay. There's there's two kinds of comics. There's con- the kind that are that are groundbreaking and bridge building. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And then there's Stanzy. and then there and then there's <laughs> those comics that just walk over that bridge. Right? And thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. And I'll say that Ric Flair is a groundbreaker mm-hmm. and a bridge builder, and Chris Jericho was just lucky enough to walk over the bridge. I wouldn't say lucky though. I think Chris, I think Jericho earned it. I mean, WCW, he thought of like one of the most brilliant angles, but they wouldn't let him do it because it involved Goldberg, and Goldberg didn't want to do it. And then, well, who has the number one debut in WWE history? The number one surprise debut, still to this day, people talk about Why Chris, countdown, Chris man, Jericho interrupting huge. The Rock. God damn, I feel like, I feel so nerdy right now. <laughs> Now this is our podcast. See, see, this is this is how I always feel wearing my Star Wars clothes. <laughs> I cannot believe I washed my ass over this. Really? Yeah. I thought that smell was something else. Then you have put in a lot more effort this week <laughs> than in previous weeks. Holy so, shit! But but I mean, let, let's put it this way: I- inevitably, in every business, there is someone who has to. Break ground. Mm-hmm. There has to be, yeah. You know, because someone eventually is going to come to a point where they have done something so I- incredibly breathtaking that it can only be described as groundbreaking. Not th- that's that's a once in a lifetime. All right. All right. Ric Flair, I will certainly give you these. He was groundbreaking. Okay. All right. In no way, shape, or form are we trying to say that Chris Jericho is that exact same. I'm saying. For this generation of professional wrestler, though, okay, like yeah. you know, for and yeah, I'm for saying you. he's not lucky. So he had for to. this generation of fans, maybe possibly everything gets a little watered down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you so know. the guy drinking Miller Lite. So, so let me let me get this straight. We're, we're going to take shots at Chris Jericho, who who does not currently in WWE mm-hmm. have the honor of. Having a title reign run tie with Ric Flair. It's true. Yet, John Cena, in his short career, Mm -hmm. has gotten that. 
And I'm not going to turn. I don't want this to turn into a hate because no, I'm very no. fond of John Cena. Yeah. I just don't like the way he's booked. I okay, I, I was I was very negative on John Cena, and then I saw him tie Ric Flair against AJ Styles at Royal Rumble, and it was one of the greatest matches I'd ever seen. Okay, I thought I recognized you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's it absolutely apples is. It, that's comparing apples and oranges. But the point being is, is that you want to talk watered down? Let's talk about the fact that someone with as Glorious a career and as hard fought a career as Ric Flair has had. Mm. had was it 16, 17 world championships? Yes. Yeah. Well, isn't John Cena. Like, it's more than that, too. It's like. It's it, really, it, yeah, because like, some of those, those titles didn't. Accounted for, right. Yeah. right. Uh, but, and then you've got John Cena, who we're, we're only recording his time in WWE, which has been what? Uh, roughly about two and a half decades at this point? Yeah. Yeah. So, like two thousand and yeah, two thousand three, two thousand four. Okay, so, so not seventeen even, years. Not even, not even, not even two, two decades. decades. Okay, so not even two decades, and he is already tied, Ric Flair. So okay. like one a year, basically okay. one title reign a year. I'm gonna say the nerdiest thing I've ever said in a long time. All right. Okay. Want to know why? John Cena will never be as great as Ric Flair. I mean, we won't we won't disagree. I don't think John Cena. No, you will guys disagree. are gonna agree with me hundred percent. This mm. is his problem. He could be as great as Ric Flair. You know what you know what his problem is? Mm. What? Won't turn heel. Mm. I don't you think, think he won't, or do you think he's not allowed he won't. to? I think it's I think it's I think it's not allowed. I think it's not allowed. And At the reason point, yeah. and that is the problem with pro wrestling now. Mm-hmm. It's not allowed because they want to keep the golden goose. You, what changed Hulk Hogan's career? No, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. He fucking Hollywood. turned heel. Mm-hmm. And, and you want to fucking... Oh God, I can't believe I'm getting this fucking but, And nerdy. WCW Oh, just, I'm sorry. Is this a wrestling podcast and you're a wrestler w, who's w, knowledge? WCW, but <laughs> WCW uh, did that heel turn on the mistake of WWF because WWF would you, not turn Hulk Hogan heel. I hope. This no, is the, no, this no, is no, the no, problem. No. You want to fucking... You want to turn the business on its ear? Make John Cena heel? Turn fucking Cena heel. Well, now he's not even... Saying, I don't like, even think... that for a decade or more at this point. I think, I think he's at that Undertaker point now where it's just going to be but one... But you don't muscle, see it coming, twice. man. Well, yeah. absolutely, but... The, but I, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but the Undertaker started out as a heel. He did. Yeah? Yeah. But, well, so did Cena, kind of? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Nah, uh, yeah, yeah, but, but he, yeah, no, he wasn't he heel was at like, the apex. Not at all. I enjoyed Thugonomics and... You know his his thug life, ruthless thing. aggression. Yeah. yeah, I I enjoyed that. That was I thought he was fun, and that was part of the reason why to this day I still enjoy it. I think he's a good wrestler. I just think that the formulas that he is required to do. Well, at this point, he doesn't need it. He doesn't. Yeah, he's in Hollywood. Yeah, 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 right. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. he's got the he's got the Hollywood bug. I mean, you know. and they're well, definitely think not about all the Make a Wish kids that would have lost out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's another. That's, that's another. That's the, that's well, the biggest reason why he's not turned. And that's heel. the difference between the. The way the business was run back in the good old days is that they didn't give a shit. Well, <laughs> they, they go, yeah, they were like, <laughs> "Fuck the Make a Wish kids, we're turning him heel." Well, I mean, th- we don't condone that <laughs> on this podcast, by the way. What do you mean, fucking Make a Wish kids? <laughs> okay. Well, Chris is not is an excellent screensaver well, on that big screen TV. Have Chris, you ever uh, that? all right, I just segued Dan quick. Yeah, okay, so. <laughs> So yeah, screensavers, screensavers nowadays, very beautiful. You almost feel like you're there. Never mind. So you're not, you're not visiting any sick kids anytime soon. Chris. Well, you know, 
I, I think the point that Chris is trying to make is back in the day, uh, professional wrestling, WWE, yeah. well, one, they never got that acclamation. Mm-hmm. And, and what's really what's keeping John Cena heel isn't so much Make-A-Wish. It's the fact that right now WWE can tout out the fact that they have the number one requested celebrity for Make-A-Wish. Yes. I, and, and, that's what, and that's what it is. They want that, that notoriety. They want that positive press. Uh, and, and I can't say that I blame them. I agree with you, Chris, entirely that I, if they really wanted to reinvigorate, to capture the imagination of professional wrestling fans, turn John heel. Now is the best time to do it because but they're not, no one will see. He's, and I'm young, not, he's, young, he's still young enough. I'm not yeah. saying this about WWE to be venomous. This is just what they are now. They are not a wrestling show. They are a show about a wrestling show. So now they don't they don't care about wrestling fans like me and Miles. They want to put smiles on kids' faces. And they want to put smiles on the, the dad and the mom of the kids, you know. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, I don't even think that's right. I think at the end of the day, what they're trying to do is they're just trying to make money. Just, I mean, you know, yes. It's and, and, and absolutely. When they went public is when everything changed. Yeah. I mean, like the Attitude Era both happened uh, in, the, in a company that no longer exists and is responsible for now the company that exists because they put them so much or made them so much money they went public and now it's not now we're going to do what's good for television or good for the good fans for now we're going to do what's what making it? money yeah, what's, and, and for the stockholders I, 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 re- I really do feel that it, if the product has suffered well I, I, yeah I agree with you 100%. there I, I, I really think that because I'm not going to say the product has suffered because right now saying the product is suffering I mean if it still is, makes money it still it, makes well, money but yeah. no no I mean if you right now if you say the product has suffered really in the middle of a pandemic you don't say the product has <laughs> suffered I mean, you know, what are we going to do? Uh, well, let's mirror so modern it, events let's, and let's have uh, a group of fellas in uh, ski masks and baseball bats attack the show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing that WWE has been doing back when it was WWF. Take a look at the Iraqi turncoat, Sergeant yes. Slaughter. You know, uh, it, it holds up a mirror. If we don't like what the mirror is showing, maybe we need to start asking better questions about how we behave as a society. Now. Mm. Uh, the, the short of the long of it is WWE is doing literally what every other company, wrestling or otherwise, is doing. And they are trying to maintain their fan base. They're trying mm-hmm. to maintain their monies. Uh, and they're trying to do it in the way that on paper looks like will make us the most. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, uh, being bold, being irreverent, being unusual does not translate well on paper. Absolutely. And that's really... If if I were to give criticism to WWE, and I really shouldn't because I would I would love to work for them someday. Um, I'd love to make professional wrestling my my only career. Oh, you shouldn't have showed up on this one. Right? <laughs> I'm done. This was I'm a done. fucking mistake. Oh, so, <coughs> let, me tell you this, let me tell you this. This is where... This is where the WWE would make a mistake. In not hiring Nigel is that Nigel's been such a student of the business and he started at the bottom, he's seen so much in the business that if they 
They brought him up. He's literally tweeting right now. I've made a fucking mistake. (laughs) Actually, what it said was, I'd like to apologize. (laughs) I do not condone the fuck Make-A-Wish kids comment by Chris Dermott. You know, I have to do another one. I do not condone any of the things that Nigel Rabbit said while on the... the, I will say, I will say, there is one thing I checked out uh, on Raw this this past week, and they do have a good thing going here, and it's The Fiend, Bray Wyatt's Fiend. And there was a particular segment where him and Alexa Bliss came out, and then the group you were talking about tried to attack them. Lights go out, they've disappeared, so the Retribution people have a match. In the middle of the match, lights go out, Bray Wyatt's standing in the corner next to him, starts beating him up. I thought that was really, really good writing with that character. Yeah. But then it was just over, now it's on to another two and a half hours. Of... That is a problem, is they won't fucking commit yeah. to something. They don't. And uh, what I was saying was... It, the, with the experience he's gotten in the independent, uh, coming up from where I've seen him start, and that's the reason I've made him fucking book it. He's genius when it comes to fucking booking this shit and keeping the budget in check. Is that we had a budget? <laughs> it did not sound like the budget was <laughs> was kept. I mean, I mean, yes, yes, budgets. <laughs> Uh, economy. Yeah, you let me. Hard times. You let me hard take times. care Just of the numbers, check the kid. Bank account for a let me take care of the numbers, kid. God, I'm um, paid now. But uh, <laughs> but his experience will blossom into knowing how to fucking put a show together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh no, the the card for the 14th sounds fantastic. And this is this is is this your first time booking? This isn't my first time booking, but it's my, my first time doing a spot show. For, uh, uh, for about a year, I did some booking for East Texas Championship Wrestling. So to see him, though, but put him in the position that when I needed something, it's, he's the guy I went to. Yeah. Like, to put him into that position, to have that kind of power, and to, to recommend this kind of talent, because I've been out of business for so long. Yeah. To put a show together that's this phenomenal, as I'm going to plug again. <laughs> plug, plug away. <laughs> to uh, For the uh, Oak Islands Brewery show on November 14th, buy your tickets. Um, to, to see this kind of card put together and to see what he's pulling out of his ass, this, this, this type of talent, it's like people are missing out. They don't understand these... And I would say all the major organizations that have money backing, AEW and WWF, and, and uh, to, to have him involved, he's, I mean, he's, where you travel, Kuwait? He's been uh, all over the world. Pakistan and India. So, nice. Cool. So to, and actively working on, on SWE Fury, which I oh, really should be talking more and about. Actually, <laughs> oh, yeah, look, you know, let's get into actually, that. Honestly, honestly, now I worked with Tom Lance, who, is, who is the owner and promoter for SWE. SWE. And I have it, I've meant to go out to a TV taping to, to, to visit the show and to see some of the boys and stuff. But my schedule, oh God, book Chris Germany. <laughs> for comedy, not but, for hitting uh, people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he can do that. I mean, he can. No, he can do that. He but can the do problem that. Is, is that if you book him for hitting people, that's exactly what he'll do. I want to see the nights where he gets it mixed up and goes up on stage, <laughs> just starts hitting the front row. When? When's the next time you've got him on the improv? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so SWE Fury, tell us a little bit about it. When did it start? Uh, the interesting thing about SWE Fury is um, SWE Fury kind of started as a lark. And uh, un uh, unrealized by some people, I am tied to its start. And the reason why I'm tied to its start is that when I was working for East Texas Championship Wrestling, I got brought in, uh, we were going to do an invasion angle, which, you know, when I've got a faction like the Rabbit Empire, which is my wrestling faction... Uh, That's and the Rabbit Empire, not rabid, the Rabbit. Yeah, not, not the Rabbit. Not empire. the Rabbit. The Rabbit Empire is actually run by my uncle Bugs. Who's actually a rabbit? Actually, yeah. I, well, he's a bunny. Not really threatening. Not cousin, really threatening. Cousin fashion. Roger, however, he's a little different. He is a rabbit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then there are Babs and, and Buster. And anyway. Um, I'm, I'm a cartoon. Fan. They they play they play basketball against aliens. In right, time, right, yeah. and and it's very different from what you expect. <laughs> uh, but but uh, when when I got started with uh, East, East Texas Championship Wrestling, uh, part of the deal was is I'm going to come in and I'm going to do this. I would like to do an invasion angle, and and uh, I would like to book it, uh, and that's how I actually started. But and, and the owner, uh, my friend Bobby Midnight, was like. Yeah, well, that would certainly cover the fact that I can't cover your normal pay. Will you take, you know, will, will you take this and and do this? Yeah, sure. If I'm if I get to have creative control over what my guys are doing, sure. Which basically is an investment in the wrestling business. Yeah, yeah. Now, so uh, one of the fellows that, that was with the company is a, a fellow who uh, wrestles under the name of Super Mike, uh, and Super Mike. Uh, was also uh, instrumental in a lot of the promotion for the company uh, that uh, he, he was doing uh, mostly out of the kindness of his heart and out of his own pocket. Uh, Bobby's partners did not compensate him for it. Uh, so eventually, w while I was there, uh, Mike tried to do a charity show. Mike had this idea. Uh, he knew some folks from Hunt for the Cure, and he wanted to do a charity show. And he got so excited about the idea of doing the charity show because this uh, this local pub that he was working with was like, oh, you can bring it here and we can do it here and you know, it'll be great. And, and so he's all excited. And Hunt for the Cure people, they know some folks like uh, uh, Greg Valentine and, and, and some of the other guys. So, we, you know, bring the hammer in and it'll be all, you know, we'll do this, we'll do this. It'll be very exciting. Uh, and the other partners found out that he had been talking about the fact that the company was going to be doing this without them having signed off on it. They got very upset about it, and they kiboshed the entire thing. Not even conversation, just basically told him no. Mike got very frustrated, very upset. Uh, he stopped working with the company, and he was sitting in, this, in the same pub and was talking about it, and he was sitting next to Tom Lance. And Tom went, I used to run a wrestling company. We could do this if you want to do this. And so they started building the idea of doing this show. Uh, and they ended up putting together uh, the first, uh, it was uh, Hunt for the Cure. It was held in Wills Point, Texas at the middle school gym. Was this, Wills, was this the same show that I was supposed to book comics on? No, no, oh, that's that's another that's another that's debacle. another okay that's another <laughs> and, and to be fair that's but, but, a but, that's but, a debacle whereas the SWE Fury show was, was a success. brilliant right you know I've done comedy at a wrestling show it's not it's not a, it's not as bad as you you think 
Well, see, go. The, the, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's another story in someone who owes me over twelve hundred dollars. Um, oh, where? Gotcha. Because yeah. <laughs> I go the, to the bathroom now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the type of guy that if I. It, it, if I'm booking a show and we go over budget because I've booked talent over budget, I pay out of my pocket. Yeah. Uh, we were uh, in the case of what he was talking about. Uh, we were supposed to have sponsors. The guy who had coordinated with Chris initially uh, was supposed to have gotten sponsors for the show so that we could pave the boys. Yeah. Uh, because what I told him is is that if because he mentioned you know I'm going to get a sponsors. I said well if you're getting sponsors then we pay the boys. Because the one thing that to get a great match out of a guy, you give him some money. You you appreciate him. Yeah. Uh, and of course, he's putting food on the table with yeah, the best crowd. I, 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 I wish some comedy clubs were like that. Huh. You know? now, and, and what and what ended up happening is the fella didn't manage to get any uh, any sponsors. Started asking guys that you don't ask to work for free to work for free. Uh, the wrestling company, because it was attached to the ETCW or, or the the. The production was attached to ETCW. It wasn't ETCW's thing. We just we just went, all right, yeah, we hold it in our venue and we'll supply our ring. Um, we'll use our talent and then you, you filter in some of your talent and make a big thing of it. Uh, and uh, when the guy reached out to uh, guys that you shouldn't ask to work for free, to work for free, he not only got called out for uh, in their communications, but got blasted on social media about, hey, don't work for this company. This guy's the guy who owns it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was when uh, Bobby went, oh, oh, hang on, no. This guy has nothing to do with it. This is my company. And, and as far as I know, we're paying our talent. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and, and then the guy got upset, quit, and proceeded to start canceling people behind our back. Listen, mm-hmm. there's a shit ton of That's, people. That is a parallel to something <laughs> I'm telling I experience you, man, in comedy. There are so many people in this wrestling business <clears throat> that are just looking to put money in their pocket. I think it's in, it's in, it's in every uh, form of show business yeah. of, of Absolutely. entertainment. Yeah. Absolutely. I had someone today ask me to, to do comedy, a 35-minute set for free. I was like, yeah, I'm wow. good. I'm good. I don't even no, like doing it for money. No, <laughs> no fuck no. Yeah. But you got to be professional, be all nice. I was like, ah, oh, no. So, but, but to, to to go back real quick to to SWE Fury. Yeah. Go when ahead. we when we did the hunt for the Cure show, we had such a good reaction that Tom was like, you know, and, and Tom used to Tom used to do this with. Uh, uh, Gentleman Chris Adams yep. and, and Skandar Akbar. That's, that's you know, how I got legends, with him. legends in mm-hmm. the business, much like Mr. Germany. Uh, and shut up, you accept the praise. Or I, I, you told me not to bring a knife, okay, so I can ahead. only threaten to stab you. Go ahead. Uh, but um, he's four Miller Lights deep. He's just gonna, <laughs> which means he won't feel anything. I'm only three Miller Lights. Deep. No. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, so so they they did another show, but this show was at uh, the Canton Civic Center. And we were taping for telly, uh, and then we did... Uh, it's television for you Americans. We right. know what the... No, we I'm, get it. I, I thought it was an over-the-phone sort of Yeah. Wrestling over-the-phone. And somebody could have gone, oh, you're talking about one of the monsters on Sesame Street. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> they're digging real deep back far for that one. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then we did a, a house show, and... Then I went to Pakistan for uh, the Pro Wrestling Federation of Pakistan. And while I'm in Pakistan, uh, lovely company, lovely people. I'm, si- I'm sitting with my Grecian friends. Uh, and I get an email that says, 
uh, hey Nigel, we need you to check these dates. Uh, are you available for this date and this date? Because uh, we've been picked up for uh, uh, television and we need to do a day of taping. Um, you know, because we're going to be on a national cable network. And I went, yeah, I'm there for those days. I didn't even look at my calendar. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll I'm figure it out. I'm there. It, you, you know, don't worry about it. I'm I would imagine if it's a television taping, that's like number one priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and uh, SWE Fury has managed to do something that I don't think anyone currently in professional wrestling has the smarts to do. They have taken uh, the old school sensibilities. They've taken the old school sense of, you know, we, we, it, it's got to be action. It's got to be, you know, yes, yes, you need a sense of the dramatic, but story outside of the ring doesn't drive the product. It's a wrestling focused. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is a wrestling it, show. It is a wrestling show. Uh, and not, 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 not entertainment. Yeah. No, no, I it's get like it. <laughs> but I mean, it is entertaining, of course. But I mean, and that's where the E is. There any the, sports involved? There is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, and we've been we've been very blessed. We've had some amazing uh, talent work with us. Um, uh, Mr. Davis and his, his his brother were our very first tag team champions. Uh, and you know, we've got Rodney and Mr. Pliskin now as tag team champions. We have former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Tim Storm. Uh, oh wow! Uh, okay. Whom I, I affectionately refer to as the court jester of the Kingdom of Bully because of his association with that bully James Beard. Uh, we have my good and dear friend. Uh, uh, Super Tech's Brent McKenzie, who is unfortunately the subject of said bullying. Uh, we have uh, Ryan Moonshine Mantel, who's an incredible, unbelievable talent. headlined uh, our Oak Collinsbury. Yeah, show. yeah, right, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one. Uh, we we had uh, Barrett Brown as our very first television champion. We've currently got Niles Plonkay, formerly of the Rabbit Empire, as our television champion. We have. I miss the t- uh, television championships. They get one in right. AEW, but I just miss television title. Yeah, just well, the idea. I, I think and. and at the end of the day, it got watered down, I think, by WCW. And, and mm-hmm. I hate saying it because... No, you're absolutely right. at, at the time, uh, WCW was my favorite product. Yes. Uh, but because WCW started doing, you know what, we're going to do the title matches for the world titles. We're going to do those on regular television. Mm-hmm. And once that, once, that started, once that floodgate started, yeah. you know, WWE had to try and compete with it. Not a champion. Yeah. And, and what you ended up with is now you can watch, you know, with a lot of companies, you can watch a world champion defend his title yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things that we're striving against. As a matter of fact, uh, Tim Storm ha- has been in action a- at least once in every single one of our tapings uh, that I can recall. Do y'all do the television title mm-hmm. time limit thing? Uh, yes. Okay, because yes. one thing WCW also did to water down that television title, it just seemed like every television title match that they had before that championship went away, was like draw, time limit draws mm. all the time, which is, it, it's fine when it's, when it's, in yeah, the business what we call them spare. Broadways. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, it, but, um, you know, with, with SWE Fury, what, we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to avoid some of the things that have not watered down, but have made fans less enthusiastic about 
the, the product uh, of professional wrestling overall. Yeah. So Tim Storm doesn't defend his world championship every single show. You now you might see him every single show, but you don't see him in the ring defending his title. He might be, he might, and he may even wrestle every single show. Which I like that. Just like an exhibition match. Yeah, an yeah. exhibition match, yeah, tag team match with one of his mates, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, now, uh, our, our women's champion, our, our first women's champion was the, 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 the Phenon Jazz, one of the greatest, oh, wow. greatest women's wrestlers in the history of professional Jazz wrestling. Jazz is one of my favorites. Uh, and uh, after she lost her title... Uh, that was when she announced her retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so this was recent. This was yeah. recent, yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, you, you, on, on the 7th of November, we're going to be in San Antonio, uh, and uh, we're doing an appreciation for jazz at the show. Um, if, you've, if your thumbs are working, why don't you guys you know, hitch a ride with someone down to San Antonio? I know you... Uh, we, Chris, have, we have transportation. I mean, uh, You're comedians. <laughs> I trust that Chris has got the transportation, but he's not taking you. Uh, <laughs> He knows I, I don't go to shows though. unless I'm getting paid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, now, um, now we're doing an appreciation for Jazz in San Antonio on the seventh. Uh, but uh, the the woman who claimed the title from her, second generation professional wrestler, uh, in the infancy of her career, but she's got a tremendously good head on her shoulders. Uh, the daughter of Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Hey, Miranda. Miranda yeah. So uh, you know we, we've got well deserved. Very I well. saw I saw her and Jazz wrestle each other at uh, XCW, uh, the show yeah, that yeah, yeah. invited me to. It was a great match. Yeah, awesome a, match. You know, uh, and that's you know, and that's that's just that's just like you know our our, our championship talent. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got talents like uh, Chandler Hopkins, Jackson Stone. We've got uh, the magnificent Malico, uh, the the uh, the Paragon, Michael Schaefer, Dexter Hardaway, the Dexter. We we've got. We've got so much ridiculous talent on these shows. I got a connection just about everybody on this show. Yeah. Oh, and and we've also we've also uh, started uh, a a professional uh, uh, allegiance alliance uh, with uh, the first all women's professional wrestling company. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Uh, Mission Pro, run by uh, um, oh my god, Thunder Rosa. I forgot, I forgot Mel's work name for a minute there. <laughs> uh, uh, and. and uh, they're on their way to having their second show. They they had their uh, first show in, I want to say it was uh, uh, September, end of September, uh, and they're about to have their second show, actually the 6th uh, of November in San Antonio as well. Uh, and uh, we've also partnered with uh, Elevate Pro out of Louisiana. Okay. Uh, which, if you guys haven't heard of Elevate Pro, they're a history-making company because their owner... Uh, is the first woman to own a professional wrestling company in the history of Louisiana and the history of that commission. And that's uh, uh, Miss uh, Brittany Nicole Houtland. Okay. Uh, uh, who, uh, she has also joined SWE as kind of our media correspondent. Very sharp young lady. If anyone is interested in some groundbreaking, history-making professional wrestling, you know, SWE, we're right in the middle of it. Yeah, you With guys these sound two like, companies, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mission Pro, first women's wrestling company in the history of profession. Everybody on their, every, everybody that works in that company, it's all women. Yeah. Now, um, there aren't, you know, nobody, nobody is involved in the production on the production level uh, that 
that is is a uh, <laughs> is male. Yeah. And then you've got you know something like uh, Elevate Pro, which is groundbreaking in the fact that you know I I, I love Louisiana. I, I've worked over there a number of times with my One friends. One of the best states to do wrestling in. I, you know, the, what tr- passionate fans. Very passionate fans. But the commission has made it very difficult That's over difficult the years. because they actually are still running. The athletic commission. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yes. And, and the athletic commission does things like, you know, these moves are, are disallowed because of the, the potential Or you can't damage. bleed or, you know. Now, yeah, some yeah, commissions those, do that. Those things. Uh, and because it is a, a old school uh, athletic commission, um, it's very hard to open up those doors. Yeah. Elevate Pro... Their their owner, uh, Miss Outland, opened up those doors, and you know the, the woman is living history, and she's working with us at SWE Fury, uh, and then of course there's James Beard, who is our uh, uh, is our our top official, and he's also uh, very instrumental in, Been in the, the wrestling time. business longer than I have. The, oh wow! The so. only referee that I am aware of uh, from uh, from Chris's era. That traveled internationally. He traveled to Japan. Japan. He, he, as a matter of fact, he worked so intimately with Japan. Europe. He was booking. He was booking for. Uh, God, I wish I could remember the New name. Mexico. Oh yeah, he's New, been everywhere. Was it New Japan? No. I think. I think it might have been New Japan. I don't New think J- it was all, all, New J- all Japan. New Japan or all but, Japan. It's, but but he spent a lot yeah. of time over in Japan. Yeah. And uh, uh, planning on hopefully reaching out to him and having him on the podcast. Absolutely. So, yeah. I would love him. No, he's he, 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 he's Got a great a hell of a story. A lot of stories, man. Oh, I not, not to plug him too hard because he is a bully to my friend Brent McKenzie. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but, but he, he all he's got to do is count to three. Right? How hard is that? <laughs> uh, apparently, very. But uh, he's uh, he's also written a book. Uh, I believe it's entitled "The Third Man," and uh, it, it talks about his time in professional wrestling, which is is a very uh, a very interesting book because it gives you an emotional insight to the uh, WCCW eras and, and you know some of the worked tragic in, he worked in Memphis oh yeah no, he's, he worked he's worked in just about every territory going going to the Cauliflower Alley Club w- with James Beard and and, and the, the number of guys that you sit there and go why are why are they why are they all so oh brother brother everybody everybody's eager to shake his hand uh the the man's knowledge is voluminous. His reach is incredible. Still putting him over. Damn it! <laughs> and I hate him. I mean, and fuck this guy. But and I good. hate him. <laughs> I mean, but if you don't admire your enemies and understand their strengths, uh, you have no Good idea chance. what their weaknesses are. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, you know, a referee is the third important, most important person in the ring. No. No, it's fourth. I'm the third most important person <laughs> in the ring. Oh no, wait! I'm not in the ring. I'm the outside. Say, yeah. I'm on the outside. Yes. So You're once right. again, Nigel, plug the uh, plug the show on the fourteenth. Uh, the the, the uh, Oak Highlands Brewery on the fourteenth. We have our main event. November 14th. November 14th. Well, I mean, yeah, at this point... You have a DeLorean point, you're going to take with the show? Yeah, we, you can't... <laughs> Sorry. I mean, could unless... December. Unless... Sorry, unless, uh, unless could, yeah, okay. Could have been December. Yes, let's talk Dan's about... Dan's show up in a phone booth since he's a doctor. <laughs> uh, that's a police box, you twit. Phone booth is Bill and Ted. Uh, <laughs> explains the hair. Uh, so anyway, um, uh, Oak Island's Brewery uh, on uh, November 14th. Uh, Rodney Mack and, and uh, 
uh, J.D. Griffey, Jerome Daniels. Griffey is our main. We're going to have incredible talent uh, like uh, the real deal Novi Bryant versus one man Mike Dell, the definition of definition versus Monster Hunter Matthew Palmer. We're going to have the pack with Matt Marvel versus Weapons of Mass Destruction. We're going to have Irish Pride, Johnny O'Mara versus Mr. Wobble, Livy Lavita Loco versus Killer Kate, Bad Brad Sanders versus Ashton Jacobs. And a 20-man, over-the-top battle royal. And we've just penciled that 20-man in. It could really be anyone. Where do you go to get the tickets? I don't think you actually... Have so you that. can... Listen, we'll have... Uh, we'll, we're going to... We're actually uh, uh, putting together a post. But you can go to oakhollandsbrewery.com. You can check me out on Facebook. Chris Germany, K-H-R-I-S. Germany like the country. Or you can check Nigel out on uh, social media at... Nigel Rabid. <laughs> yeah, Nigel, at Nigel Rabbit on uh, Twitter, uh, at the Rabbit Empire on Instagram, uh, and uh, look for Nigel Rabbit on uh, Facebook. I've, I've got like there's like there's like three or four Nigel Rabbits. They're all me. Uh, <laughs> well, you can check. You have out. four Facebook <laughs> accounts. Uh, well, I've got a Facebook account, and then I've got a number of pages. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, yeah, check us out on social media. You'll find out where to get tickets. Or you can go to oakhollandsbrewery.com. You can uh, drop them a uh, drop them a message, and uh, I'm sure there's tickets tickets to be sold uh, there on uh, oakhollandsbrewery.com. Absolutely. So I had to step out for a second. And did you already say where they can check out SWE Fury? On I, I had TV? not I had not mentioned that because the boss uh, cut me off and wanted me to push the uh, the Oak Islands Brewery. Oh, show. okay. Well, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and oh, tell okay. them where they can no watch. Uh, you can find a, uh, SWE Fury. Uh, we're available on. Put me the... over, Tom Lance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can we can you can find us on uh, the Title Match Network, which is a streaming service. So you can also find us on Fight TV, uh, and those are uh, national, international uh, availability. We're also on uh, the Action Channel, which is a limited distribution cable channel across the continental United States, as well as right now. TV. Right Now TV not only has us available on cable, but if you have a Roku box, you can download the Right Now TV app and watch us when our uh, show broadcasts on their channel. I want to say uh, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, I think. Uh, you can also find us locally in the DFW area. Uh, on uh, CW33 at 2 in the a.m. on Saturday. Yes, I know that really means Sunday, but 2 in the a.m. Saturday night. Uh, and you can also, uh, if you're in uh, listening to us from San Antonio, we're also on uh, CW35. We're on uh, CW21 in Louisiana, Baton Rouge. Uh, and you can also find us on uh, CW uh, East Texas. So uh, we're in a lot of good places, right? Yeah. And we're great. And the funny thing is, uh, when I was talking about the company, I forgot to mention, we're literally only from the point we started seriously filming for television, we're only, we've only been in existence since 2020. Oh, wow. I mean, we had three shows in, in, in 2019, but we've only been seriously running 2020. That means all the progress that you just heard about, all of the channels that we've been on, 
It's all been this year. I got to check We did it. years to do it. We yeah. did it during a pandemic. Just imagine what happens when things finally release. You might go viral. And we're going to send Tom Lance's bill. Let's, oh let's not say, say the word viral when we're talking yeah, about a pandemic. Not... And, and, and pro wrestling. That's a different company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I okay. worked for them, too. Okay, well, nice. this is the Well, long... I'm going to check it out tonight. I have a Roku and I have CW33. This is the longest so... podcast we've ever done. Oh, my God. How long is this podcast? I'm going to right now at an hour 45. Look, All right, let's do the game. The fun okay. The fun part is is that we could go longer. So we we're gonna could. Do, we're going to do a little game. Uh, we always do a game. <laughs> All right. Dan might have a clue. Dan might have a clue. You guys step out, see if you can okay. guess who this is. I'll tell all the listeners who the wrestler of the week is. Okay. No, you're oh, fine. You'll know who it is. <laughs> yeah. I can't have him as a hint. Never. Nope. <laughs> you know who that is? <laughs> ah, yes. Ah, Tell the listeners who that All right. is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking at a picture of Sputnik Monroe. All right, boys. All right, Miles went, Miles went to the bathroom. Oh, Goodness. That's a good look, though, especially for that day and age. So this wrestler was... He looks like he looks like a, a bad guy from Hogan's Heroes, this, just this, right off the this, bat. This uh, gentleman that uh, we've uh, given a picture of Dan to... You did not put the year on the no, back of this uh, sheet. This is... Uh, he has a blonde... He has jet black hair and a blonde streak going down the middle mm. like a skunk. It's a good look. He it's does a have a good look. I, to it's him. almost like my hair. The uh, the two pictures I mm, gave. I'm you wondering if like, he's British because of this little tea thing, one right? Promo here. pictures. The two promo pictures I gave uh, Dan this week. Uh, one is a uh, standard. Um, this looks like it. Picture. You took it from the Titanic. Like that, that's what. <laughs> that, <laughs> that that picture of him uh, sipping coffee and smoking a cigar. All right, Miles is actually a historical uh, photo. Oh, okay. And I believe it appeared in the Memphis paper after he got arrested for um, drinking coffee and eating food in an all a black a blacks only uh, restaurant. Okay. So this, this So wait, they they so they just arrested him for basically being a progressive person exactly. and was just okay. Well, that's, exactly. that's, what, that's what you did back then. Well, yeah. The nineteen uh, the nineteen sixties. Okay. Uh, the separation. Do you in, have any idea? South. I just wanted to know if Nigel is this where your hair stands. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I did not pick this. <laughs> like I literally picked this person before. <laughs> right. Right. And I have to be really careful because I know who it is in my head. And, and <laughs> yeah, he's accidentally, he's accidentally I've slipped out. I've actually said the name. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. So, I've been All right, too many chair, chair shots. Yeah. All right, so, <laughs> so you, did you give me all the hints? Uh, let's see what I have here. Okay, give me some hints. So this gentleman uh, was born December 18th, 1928. Well, that's a rubbish hint. That is, um, yeah, like I was around for that. Like, oh, I mean, friggin'. I'm, I'm looking at you. You could have been. I mean, yeah, maybe. He said that comedy, eight comedy, and 80 at the same time. Comedy, yeah. comedy must be stressful. God. <laughs> I tell you, man. Oh, he is one of the most unusual first names, gimmick names yeah. that you, you can ever Oh, okay. With. 
I feel like I've then, 100% seen this picture. I've seen this yeah. picture, yeah. I've seen this before. Just don't know. The problem is, is that picture makes it look like it's a mug shot from the <laughs> USSR. Mm-hmm. It's not the next thing he's going to say, I must break you. In 1957, while driving to a wrestling show in Alabama, uh, this particular wrestler... <laughs> should have let me read I almost it. said it. Why don't you do that? Right. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh, in, fuck it up, man. In 1957, while driving to a wrestling show in Alabama... This gentleman became tired and invited a black hitchhiker he met at a gas station to take the wheel. Upon arriving at the arena, this gentleman placed his arm around the man, which drew a chorus of boos and insults from the white crowd. In response, this fellow kissed the man on the cheek. Uh, I love this guy. the, The gentleman would later use this underlying racism as a promotional tactic and became a noteworthy figure in Memphis cultural history. Imagine getting I mean, heat for not being racist. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Imagine, yeah. Getting you, heat for being progressive. Being heat, so you know, re- getting heat for not being a bad person. Yeah. Right? So this, this individual, I picked him specifically <laughs> because, now all the people that we've had, that we've talked to on yeah. this podcast, except the very first one, I, I have met and spent time with. Yeah. I've met and spent time with this gentleman. Okay. So uh, I'm lucky lucky enough to know uh, historical figures in the wrestling business. Like this is the reason I got in the okay. wrestling business. So I'm just gonna go. I'm I, I'm gonna. I have a request. First of all, I'm gonna tell you. I, I have no fucking clue. But I <laughs> I have a request. Have him read another fact about this person because <laughs> that accent is just awesome. All right, so if I do that, how, however, I also have to plug. I, I uh, yeah yeah. Uh, I, I also I, I have something called story time with Nigel that I do nightly at 8 p.m. Uh, and I read children's stories. Uh, I read picture it's books. Fascinating. I, pick, I, I read it. I read picture books Monday through Friday, and then on the weekends I read chapter books. Uh, which reminds me, we can only go over to the brewery for a little while because I didn't pre-record because I didn't expect this. Oh, okay. uh, or we can do something after. Uh, see which, the brewery and story time. I didn't br- do it. I, I didn't bring the book. I didn't bring the book. We're reading. Read how, the back of the can. We're reading Holiday Inn. It's Halloween. Oh, that makes so, sense. Yeah. We That's read awesome. Binocula for the previous weekends. Now we're reading Holiday. And so which one did you want me to? Uh... Just any random thing. I just... Okay. Uh, during a period where legal segregation was the norm at public events, uh, and floor seats while blacks were required to sit in the... Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, white satin floor seats while blacks were required to sit in the balcony. Uh, we're not... Properly market, uh, we're not properly marketing to black fans. Uh, the witty flamboyant wrestler uh, began dressing in a purple gown and carrying a diamond-tipped cane and drinking in a in drinking in traditionally black bars in a black area of Memphis, where he would openly socialize with black patrons and hand out tickets to his wrestling shows. As a result, he was frequently arrested by police. Uh, on a variety of vague, trumped-up charges such as mopery. What bloody hell is mopery? That is a that, that is a new crime that, I've heard right? today. I guess he's just wandered around being sad. Yeah, just oh my god, <laughs> you're too just, sad. Get in the cell. Just imagine what would happen if mopery was a crime during the emo phase. <laughs> it's like it's like loitering. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get in the yeah, cell because I mean, it says mopery. Moping is sad. Anyway, uh, in each case. Uh, he would then hire a black attorney to appear in court, pay a small fine, and immediately resume the behavior that resulted in prior arrests. <laughs> Due to this, 
And in spite of the fact that he was a heel at the time, his popularity soared among the black community. At his shows, although floor seats in arenas would be half empty with white patrons, the balcony would be packed to capacity with black patrons, with many others unable to enter due to the balcony sellout. You know, I, I think I have a guess. You have a guess? I think I know. Okay, you go ahead, because I don't have a guess, but I just, I want, I want to know this person. Right? Sputnik Monroe? That is correct! Good job! You right. just held the paper up so I oh. can see the name. Oh, <laughs> you're not supposed to tell the fucking truth. Oh, I'm an honest guy, Dan. I'm an honest guy. Uh, so our wrestler of the week is Sputnik Monroe. Sputnik Monroe. So this what a terrific fucking person. Dude, I'm yeah, telling he you. sounds dope, honestly. Literally, we've talked the last couple episodes about, about territories being on a downward slope. Yeah. And this was one of the other times... In the late 50s and early 60s, when the, the the actions of Sputnik Monroe gave a boost to the wrestling business. Yeah. Because he was doing something that wasn't the norm. Yeah. Okay. Being a good person. <laughs> and, Sp- and Sputnik was a master marketer. Oh. Without even knowing he was doing it. it. Yeah, it doesn't even sound like he was marketing. It just sounds like he was just being a good person. And it, I just, that is amazing to me. I met him uh, uh, 98, 99, 2000. I believe he passed in 2000, uh, 2006. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, I knew him particularly because. I was wrestling in a promotion with his son, Bubba Monroe. Okay. And Sputnik would come to the shows, and he was an unreal fuck, man. Yeah. And he I mean, just, he was a, constantly... You would have to be honorary to put, your, put the middle finger to, the, to society like that. Yeah. I mean, and, oh, he got and, arrested for mopery. Well, and, and, and <laughs> scene, of course, we all used to hang out in the red dress rooms and hear stories he would tell, but to, not knowing... Until after I had spent time with him, how he had changed the wrestling business in addition to changing societal norms in a southern society. That, that actually, southern climate. Right. Yeah. It, it, well, especially, I mean, because I, I mentioned my sister was, was, when we moved to this country, my sister was born in this country. She was born in Nashville. My mother was actually just telling me the story about how uh, one day they had picked up a, a, an African American couple who uh, had broken down on the side of the road and drove them to uh, their, for lack of a better description, their shack in the shanty town in Nashville. The next day, they ref- they received a phone call from a. a uh, southern posh white woman who thanked them so much for taking good care of their n words. Wow! And it was and, and it was this was a and this was. The 1970s. This was yeah. almost 1980 when this woman made this phone call. That's the mindset yeah. that Sputnik Monroe was going against. Yeah. That's magic what this that man is. did. And without... Absolutely brilliant. Without conscience, he changed the wrestling business mm-hmm. and the way society looked. And actually was responsible for integrating the, the-, the uh, arenas in Memphis... Where desegregating blacks, them, de- yeah, they, desegregating yeah. where they eliminated who was in the balcony and who was in the main arena, and and eventually, as Sputnik Monroe's career winded down, they were all it was completely 
desegregate. And I think that's a good note to end this episode on. Imagine the difference you can make just by being a good person. Uh, we'd like to thank Miles, uh, Francis, and Nigel Rabbit for being here. You guys want to plug your social medias one more time or anything you want to plug one more time before we do the last line. Nigel, you first. We did Miles first last time. All right. Well, uh, uh, catch me on uh, television at SWE Fury. Uh, I will be at uh, the San Antonio show uh, on November 7th, just like I will be at the Oak Highlands Brewery on November 14th uh, for our Brawl For It All 2. Uh, you can uh, find uh, SWE Fury on Fight TV, Title Match Network, uh, CW33, CW35, CW25, CW East Texas. You can also find us on the Action Channel and on Right Now TV. Please check the guides for uh, times because I can't remember that many numbers. Uh, you can also find me on social media on Twitter at Nigel Rabbit. You can also find me on Instagram at uh, the Rabbit Empire. Please feel free to uh, check out my nightly live stream, Storytime with Nigel. Uh, and who knows, I may start up my Star Wars, my Queen, and my wrestling podcasts again because I'm starting to get the itch. I want to be on that Star Wars podcast. <laughs> Miles, go on ahead. Yeah, I'm at Mr. Most Days Off pretty much everywhere. You can check out my Simpsons podcast, The Best Darn Diddly Review Show. That's at Best Darn Diddly, D-I-D-D-L-Y. And on November 14th, you'll find me at the Oak Islands Brewery watching a wrestling awesome. show. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of Counting Lights Podcast. You guys can find us uh, on social media uh, right now, and you can guys contact us at countinglightspodcast at gmail.com. If you're a wrestler or a comic and you want to be on the show, hit us up. If you just have a special note and want us to give you a shout-out, hit us up. He's Chris Germany. And that's Dan Danzi. And this is Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling... Lock up.